mixed reaction after a longtime event won't return to Savannah. One man is arrested after a SWAT standoff in Garden City, and a longtime public servant is laid to rest. I've got those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and low country. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. The Rock and Roll Marathon will not return to Savannah in 2022 after more than a decade of races in the city, and a future in Savannah beyond that is in jeopardy. The city of Savannah announced on Monday, April 18th, the contract with the Rock and Roll Marathon would not be renewed for 2022. During his weekly news conference on Tuesday, April 19th, Mayor Van Johnson said multiple factors were considered when deciding to not renew that contract, including cost and community impact. Mayor Johnson said the contract to host the marathon in Savannah cost $25,000 alone, along with costs for sanitation, traffic engineering, and security provided by the police department. Visit Savannah tells WTOC the marathon brought in just over $23 million to the city's economy in 2019. Mayor Johnson said the effect of the race on businesses and residents was also considered, citing weariness from some of those along the race route. Calling it a chance to step back and reevaluate the marathon's impact on Savannah, Mayor Johnson didn't close the door on the race returning in 2023. The marathon did, however, in a statement released on the company's Facebook page on Wednesday, April 20th. Part of that statement reads, quote, Based on how interactions with the city of Savannah have progressed both publicly and behind closed doors, we do not foresee the ability to return to Savannah in 2023, end quote. On Thursday, April 21st, we heard more reaction on the race's end. WTOC's Sean Evans spoke with the mayor and Savannah tourism industry leaders. Here's his report. Here's why this is so impactful. The city has hosted the Rock and Roll Marathon for 10 years now. And according to data from Visit Savannah from 2019, just before the pandemic, the Rock and Roll Marathon had a total economic impact of just over $23 million. Now that the race won't be back this year or next, one Savannah tourism leader is weighing in. Let me be honest with you, it's devastating. Um, I've gotten more phone calls about this than anything. It's, I, I've gotten more calls about the cancellation of, of rock and roll than I did in the beginning of the pandemic. Owen spoke with me about the loss of revenue as member businesses will feel as a result of the marathon not coming back for at least two years. Really, our focus now is trying to backfill that business in November. November is a tough month. Um, that's why rock and roll was so great. Owen says the marathon, which brought in thousands of runners and their supporters, for a 10-year stretch in Savannah was just the shot in the arm the tourism and hospitality industry needed going into the holidays. Trying to replace that business will be very difficult, but we're going to do our best, and hopefully we can look forward to a relationship in 2024 and beyond with rock and roll or another event that would bring as much as the $20 million that, that rock and roll brought to this community. Exploring other event possibilities is also now on the mind of Savannah Mayor Van Johnson. We'll do something to fill that void. Um, you know, and we'll have more people to come and they'll enjoy themselves and, and we'll, we'll go on. We've been here since 1733. We've dealt with disappointment before uh, and we still persisted. We still uh, persevered. We still survived. As of right now, no further comment is being offered up by the Rock and Roll Marathon team other than the one that they posted to their Facebook page last night. You can read everything on this developing story right now at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. You'll find a link to the latest story in the description of this podcast episode. They told the guy to get out probably like 20, 25 times over the intercoms to study. Hey, get out, get out with your hands up. But he never got out. It was, it was scary. Uh, we got behind this, uh, this container and 
and just and just watch. Yeah, it was a uh, nerve-wracking. What some in Garden City thought would be just a normal Monday morning at work turned into a SWAT situation that ended with one man arrested. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation says 25-year-old Joseph Orion Smith from Savannah was arrested Monday, April 18th, after an hours-long standoff in a parking lot on Commerce Boulevard in Garden City, just off Dean Forest Road and Highway 21. The GBI says 911 received a call before 8 a.m. that a man, ID'd as Smith, had locked himself in a tractor trailer. The driver of that truck tried to get Smith out but was unsuccessful. The driver told police Smith had access to a handgun. The GBI says officers from Garden City and Port Wentworth Police Departments arrived and gave verbal commands for Smith to leave the truck. At some point, Smith reportedly fired a gun at police and a Port Wentworth officer returned fire. The SWAT team from Savannah Police was called in to assist, and after a few hours of negotiation, the SWAT team fired tear gas into the cab of the truck. Smith was then taken into custody. The GBI says a handgun was recovered at the scene and no one was seriously injured. According to booking information from the Chatham County Sheriff's Office website, Smith is charged with aggravated assault against a law enforcement officer and criminal attempt to commit a felony. WTOC spoke with a member of Smith's family who says he's been recently dealing with mental health issues. Marijuana decriminalization continues to be a hot topic debate across the country, especially as several cities already have ordinances put in place. WTOC's Jessica Savage takes a look at how two coastal empire cities are shifting how they police marijuana. As federal lawmakers debate whether to decriminalize marijuana, some cities in Georgia have already taken action. Ordinances approved by city leaders in Savannah and Tybee Island allow officers to write a ticket if someone they stop has an ounce of marijuana or less. A city known for its laid-back beach style, Tybee Island has a more relaxed approach than most cities in Georgia when it comes to a certain controlled substance. In September of last year, the Tybee City Council passed a new ordinance that allows officers to write a ticket when someone is stopped with an ounce or less of marijuana. The ticket comes with a $150 fine. Since the new ordinance took effect, the city says zero tickets have been written. A lot of our officers are actually seizing marijuana and marking it to be destroyed and declining to charge offenders. It's more of uh, weighing the totality of circumstances, whether or not this is something they tru truly wish to pursue through the criminal process or not. And take a look at where the criminal process in Georgia is changing. Tybee is one of nine cities in Georgia with new ordinances on the books to decriminalize marijuana. Most of those cities are in the Atlanta area. The ordinance change doesn't mean you can't be arrested or charged with a misdemeanor marijuana offense. Just means for those cities, misdemeanor marijuana is not a high priority crime. Police officers are now overworked. They're underpaid. Um, well, they lack the resources, as you well know. And a small amount of marijuana will not be a priority to them. Not to mention um, anything less than a felony amount of marijuana will not be tested by the Georgia Crime Lab. The crime lab changes happened in 2019 under a judicial requirement. By then, several cities in the state already had decriminalized, including Savannah. So this was the you know idea was to give people that second chance um, and not have that arrest on their record. As Major Robert Gavin explained, a misdemeanor arrest can ruin someone's chance at college or a job. Well, those are the reasons why he helped lead the department's efforts to decriminalize marijuana. It's a paradigm shift in policing. You're not just letting someone go, and that's usually where the officer has something inside. Well, why are, you know, why are we just letting them 
break the law and walk away. Well, you're not. I mean, you know, like I said, you're paying a fine, you're doing those things. So um, it does have a bite to it. And the numbers show the bite has been a sizable change from the past. According to Savannah Police, last year the department wrote about 500 tickets for marijuana possession of an ounce or less and arrested 178 people for offenses that included marijuana. We'll compare that to before the change when the department on average arrested between 600 and 700 people each year for marijuana. While some cities in Georgia have decriminalized, any amount of marijuana remains illegal under state and federal law. And I think the public wants clarity. Law enforcement needs clarity, particularly when it comes to enforcing laws. Um, and right now, the police officers using their discretion to the best of their ability and prosecutors deal with it on a case by case basis. That story is a part of WTOC's new original series, Clearing the Cannabis Haze, available now on WTOC+. You can download the WTOC Plus app for free right now on your Roku, Amazon Fire, or Apple TV streaming device. Savannians laid to rest longtime public official Pete Lakakis on Wednesday, April 20th. Lakakis was elected to two terms as alderman at large to the Savannah City Council before serving two terms as chairman of the Chatham County Commission. Lakakis's funeral was held Wednesday at St. Paul's Greek Orthodox Church and was attended by former and current mayors, county chairmen, and state representatives. Here's what some of those in attendance had to say, beginning with Chatham County Commissioner Bobby Lockett, followed by Chatham County Commissioner Helen Stone, and finally by Pat Monahan, who served as the assistant county manager under Lakakis. Pete was not known as Commissioner Pete. Pete was not known as Councilman or Alderman Pete. Pete was known as Pete. And this county, this city, owes a lot to Pete because he's been there for a lot of people. Pete was a good man with a heart, a tremendous heart. He loved this community. He loved the people that he worked with. And he always wanted to give. He would go through the office sometimes and say, you know, can you spare a few bucks? I need to buy fans for the elderly. It's getting warm outside. You know, so the office staff, we would just pitch in. I mean, no pressure to do so, but, you know, we knew his heart was in it, so our heart was in it as well. WTOC streamed Lukakis's funeral service live on Wednesday. You can watch a replay right now in the link in the description of this podcast episode. You can get the latest news, weather, and sports updates every night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.